What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Marriage Mondays here on the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm your other host, Jamie. And today we're going to be talking about, in the garden of our marriage, keeping the weeds out. Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I hate weeds. I don't like them either. I don't like them. It's a lot of work. I don't know, Jamie. What do you think? Do we give us a shot? Absolutely. Here we go. So as we were prepping for this episode, we talked a little bit about the weeds in our literal yard and rock beds. Yeah, we've talked about it before, the fact that Jamie and I, I think this is natural in relationships. We divide up work. And one of the the tasks that I lead, so therefore I do more of, is the outdoor yard work and whatnot. And, And all the disgusting jobs. If it involves killing rodents or anything. Yeah, that's, that's on me. But with, with weeds, we have, we, we purchased a home from my parents with a mature landscaping, meaning it pretty well established and a whole lot of rock beds. And we also live in the desert. And let me just say his parents kept this landscaping beautiful. They really did. They spent a lot of time, time together outdoors manicuring and weeding and just making things look really beautiful. And as I've beaten up on, on myself and on Jamie, like, why aren't we keeping it, keeping it as nice? My parents, I think specifically my mom has told me, Chris, we were in a different season of life. We didn't have kids in the home anymore. So it was something that we did together and shared in relationship with. And so then I took a deep breath and just kind of let it happen. But because of the fact that we have so many rock beds, because of the fact that we live in a windy geographical desert, there is a thin layer of dirt pretty much over everything. And with that layer of soil, weeds take root. It doesn't take much for weeds to grow in our yard just because of where we live and and the, the structure of our backyard. I've even jokingly said that I think the landscaping companies stand down the the road near the irrigation canal and sprinkle sprinkle weed seeds into the irrigation. I don't know. What do you think? Do they? I mean, it's possible because then we water our yards and rock beds, you know, that have things growing in them. And then all this other stuff starts popping up and we for sure did not plant that. Now, creative things I've wanted to do with the rock beds and the weed issues is I, I just want to use ground clear on everything. The problem is, is if I spray it over everything. Uh, the good stuff's going to die too. Yeah, the good stuff's going to die. And again, it's a mature a mature landscape to where we have a lot of really cool plants and flowers and stuff like that that comes up throughout the year. So I don't want to spray ground clear over everything. Didn't you buy a blowtorch as well? I bought a blowtorch, folks. What I figured out was blowtorches don't do a great job on on green weeds. I would sit there with this blowtorch attached to my, I don't know if blowtorch is actually the right word for it, but you're right. That's kind of what it is. And we attach it to our propane tank. And I learned that the green weeds don't catch on fire very good. And so the dead stuff catch on fire pretty decent, but not the the green stuff. So we, we were brainstorming this and we were talking about what are the weeds in, in marriage? What are the weeds in life? that can pop up that 
and and they're going to choke out all of the good stuff. Like Jamie just said, the flowers and the the trees and the, the stuff that you want in your landscape. What are those things that we want in our marriage? And what are the weeds that, that can creep up and choke out the good stuff that we got going on in marriage? Yeah. The first thing that we thought, thought about as we were brainstorming this was secrets and secrets are one of those things that can just creep in, take root and cause a ton of destruction in marriage. So one of our policies is there are no secrets. Now I'm not talking about Christmas time, examining the credit card bill and being like, what is this thing from law enforcement supply, Jamie? What are you buying from law enforcement supply? No, I'm probably getting you a gift. Yeah. There's times that we don't tell each other stuff. We're planning anniversaries and vacations. We like to surprise each other from time to time. Uh, That's not what we're talking about, folks. We're talking about the secrets that could be a weed in our marriage. The things that we're intentionally keeping from the, our spouse, because we know it would upset them because we know it, that they don't agree with us on this. So we're going to do it behind their back. That's the stuff that we can't have going on in our marriage. It's going to be a weed. It's going to, it's going to suffocate our marriage to where we don't have a marriage anymore. So Jamie and I have really worked hard at not allowing secrets to take root in our, in our marriage. And what are some of the things, babe, that we do to make sure that, Hey, no secrets in this relationship. We're going to be open with each other. One of the things is full access. And I'm talking like on the cell phone, full access to your phone whenever, my phone whenever. I have nothing that I'm hiding from you. I know your passcode. As a matter of fact, I track your rear end just for funsies sometimes. (laughs) I'll be like, what are you doing at Kennel Avenue right now? We were a little slow of jumping on the iPhone train, folks. And I love the technology on the thing. And I like the fact that she can track me because if something goes wrong and I'm late, she can start digging into it to figure out where I'm possibly at and what's going on. Uh, so I think it is a, is a good thing, at least in a, in our relationship, in our marriage, where we don't want secrets to take root. Having, having that technology is really helpful. I'm trying to think of other secrets that we don't allow. Like I don't have secret conversation with, with other women, Jamie, outside of this marriage. In fact, before this, before us hitting record, we were sitting there talking about, do we even have private conversations with people of the opposite gender? And so we're looking through both of our phones and I do have some, but I'm also like showing this to my wife this morning, right? Like, Hey, why did I have a, Oh, that's why I had a conversation with that person. Cause they're a mental health professional and I'm trying to get them connected, get someone connected with a mental health professional. Uh, and so there were a number of examples where I did have private conversation, but it's not a secret. Right. And most of them are in a professional vein. You're either trying to schedule a podcast or you're following up or you're connecting someone with mental health care or something like that. And as I look through mine, any male, only male, not you conversations were with a car dealer that we bought a car from a couple years ago because I was trying to get a key and like your brother or my dad things like that. Yeah. Folks, bad things happen in secret. Bad things happen in secret. We we can't let that we can't let that occur in our marriage relationship. We have to we have to be open with each other. We have to allow stuff to be everything on the table. If we 
if we don't, it's going to create issues. And allow just something not good for your marriage to take root. Now, here's the challenge. And we didn't talk about this in the pre-show. Let's say people do have secrets. Let's say someone is holding something from their spouse. Maybe they've racked up a credit card bill and they don't want to tell their spouse because their spouse is going to be mad. Maybe they're looking at stuff on their phones because they shouldn't be stuff they shouldn't be looking at on, on their phones. More of an issue a lot of times for guys than it is for girls, I think, when it comes to looking at sexy stuff. What do you think spouses that they want a great marriage, right? They they want to have a great marriage and they don't want weeds popping up that's going to that's going to interfere with them having a great marriage. What would you suggest for, for anyone that's listening that is currently holding a secret and is going to be motivated, hopefully by this podcast episode to do something about it? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of carrying this burden? I would say this is weighing on you. Tell your spouse, tell your spouse, take whatever conflict is going to come through this, work through it and get it on the table. Yeah. I would say fully own it too. When you tell your spouse, don't try and make an excuse. Nope. It's no one else's fault. Yep. Just own it a hundred percent. Even if it is someone else's fault a little bit. You participated. Even if it is someone else's fault a little bit, I would just own it completely. And we've talked about this here on the podcast before. When I mess up, it's my responsibility to go to Jamie and say, I messed up here. This is what I did. Will you please forgive me? That's it. If she has a contribution to it. I hope she will see it through it. But if she doesn't, that's not on me. My job is to own what I've done wrong and to, to make it right. It's going to take some courage folks. So that first weed is uh secrets, get it out. The next weed we want to talk about is animosity. Yes. What happens when someone does do you wrong? When, what happens when there is conflict in the marriage and now you're upset about it? So the easy solution is seek reconciliation quickly. Now that's super easy to say when there's hurt, it might take some time and healing, but animosity is one of those things that can grow bitterness. So please, please, if there's the weed of animosity in your marriage, seek reconciliation. And like Chris touched on, um, in that last point, own, own what you need to own. You know, we've talked about it here on the podcast before about the fact that we we typically try to fix things before we go to bed. We don't want to go to bed angry at each other. However, this morning I was listening to my Bible app and there was a verse that I hadn't grabbed before. And Jamie just said something that made me think about it. Uh, and this is in, the, uh, in Psalms and it says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. And what I liked about this verse is, try to fix things before you go to bed. Try to fix things. But if you are so angry, if you are so upset with your spouse, maybe for good reason, that you're not going to be able to have a productive conversation right now, maybe you do need to sleep on it overnight. Maybe you do need to allow your amygdala, that stress portion of your brain, to calm down a little bit so that you can have a, a constructive conversation. Because when we're hurt, that's what we have. We are, we are having an emotional response. If you're hurt and you have no emotions going through you, you're a unicorn. Like, I don't know, you're different than me. When I'm hurt, when I feel like someone has done me wrong, I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm any number of other emotions 
And when when I can feel that in me and I know that it's that it's intense, maybe right now is not the right time for the conversation. I don't know, what are other things, babe, that you can think of with animosity? Kind of putting the girl on the spot here. Well, I was just kind of smiling as you were talking about um, fixing things before you go to bed if you can, but if not, maybe sleep on it. Because our last conflict we unpacked on the air, you hugged me in the morning and I had unresolved <laughs> conflict with you. And it took you a second to be like, wait a minute, what? why is she not hugging me I back forgot. or whatever? I forgot that we had fought the night before. <laughs> And, and he was just like happy and ready to start our Saturday. And I was like, oh, no, there's some reconciliation to happen here. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say to me? She didn't say that to me, folks. She doesn't say that to me. Uh, she she knows that or she trusts that I'm going to realize when I've when I've messed up and that I'm going to come to her with a genuine apology. What about when folks don't come and apologize, though? right? Because we're talking about animosity and that being the weed in our relationship. And it's super easy when someone comes and says, Hey, I really messed up. I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? I say it's super easy. That's not easy. If you're still upset with someone, it's sometimes hard to forgive them. However, what happens when they don't recognize their error and you're upset with them? They haven't asked for forgiveness. This is where animosity can really take root. I feel like, right? And you, and you can really start to be angry at your spouse because they don't even see what they did that was wrong. So if you can't let it go, it's time to go to them and say, I've been hurt in this way. I need you to just listen. And, and then let's let's work through it. And me saying this, I know it's super easy for me to just say this, right? Because in the moment, you don't want to do that. You want to let that animosity take root and just grow and be bitter and then eventually spew it all onto your spouse. I like what you started with there, though. You didn't go very far into it, but the very first thing I think we should do when we feel like we're wronged. Is can I let it go? Is try to let it go. Try to overlook it, right? We've joked about your shoes on your side of the bed where you weren't wronging me, but you were doing something that irritated me. And if I can overlook stuff, whether it be the silly shoes on the side of the bed, or whether it be you, you hurt my feelings, right? If I can overlook that, we're going to be more successful in our marriage. If I can't overlook it though, what Jamie said next, go to them and say, I'm, I'm hurt by what you did. I'm upset with you by what you did, right? I'm going to talk to the dudes for just a second and I'm venturing into a, into a gray area here, folks. Yeah. Jamie's give me the look. Hey, gentlemen, when, when you uh, maybe approach your wife and you're wanting intimacy and she shuts you down, I'm just telling you as a guy, I have felt animosity towards Jamie before. And this is something that we can't let fester. This is something that we as guys who don't always express our emotions really well, at least stereotypically we don't. This is where we we need to have great conversation with our spouse instead. Instead of letting the animosity take root and poison our relationship, poison our marriage, we need to be able to go to our spouse and say, hey, I felt disappointed when I wanted us to have intimacy and you said, no, this is frustrating to me. Can we talk about it? Because my guess is if, you're, if your spouse is not open to having intimacy with you, there's other stuff going on. 
Uh, maybe, maybe you are doing other things that's causing them not to want to be close to you. This sounds like a message from Pastor Phil. <laughs> what are you talking about? Pastor Phil told you in our premarital oh, counseling. Oh, he did. If your wife is oh, we're gonna have to tag not Pastor submissive Phil. to you, you need to examine yourself and see what is it that you're doing wrong that's preventing her from doing what it is I'm asking. Yeah, this was great marriage marriage advice. It's the only thing I remember in the premarital counseling that we went to 25 years ago or whatever. And it's exactly what Jamie just said. If, if your wife can't follow your leadership before you ever look at her and think what's wrong with her, you need to look at yourself and say, what's wrong with my leadership? What am I doing that's preventing her from being able to follow me into this direction that I'm trying to take us? And I, I can't remember how many times that, the, that those words of wisdom have come to my mind when we've been in conflict. But I can tell you every single time the words have come to my mind, I am doing something wrong. There's something that I'm doing that's tripping her up, that's preventing her from being able to follow me. And once I realize that, I can fix it. I can fix what I'm doing wrong and we can have great conversation. So whether it's the ladies, whether it's the gentlemen, don't let animosity take root. If you're feeling it within, you try to overlook it. If you can't overlook it, you need to go to each other. You need to have conversation. You need to empathize with each other. And we need to we need to resolve whatever conflict we're having and, and let that animosity be released. The third weed in the marriage that we wanted to talk about is disrespect. And this is something that can just creep in and maybe not be obvious to one of the spouses in a marriage but I can say that anytime Chris has disrespected me, if it's publicly, he's also going to publicly apologize to me. If it's in private, maybe he's publicly or privately apologizing and reconciling with me. I can't think of a lot of times in our marriage I have felt disrespected, but if that were ever one of the cases, uh, you're really good at making sure the apology matches the offense. Yeah, and the the opposite, folks, of disrespect is honor. We need to honor our spouses. When we're with other people, we need to speak highly of our spouse. We need to spotlight all of the amazing things that they do. We, If we have conflict with them, if we disagree with them, we need to make sure that whatever disagreement that might be that it is done with respect, right? I mean, you can, you can disagree. We can disagree with each other, right? In public, I think. For sure. And still show respect towards each other, right? Yeah. I can say, hey, I don't agree with you on this. Tell me your, your perspective, right? And we can have great conversation. But I can tell you as a man, especially, and maybe you feel the same way as a woman, as a man, the feeling of disrespect, it cuts deep. It cuts deep. And... This relationship being the closest relationship that I have here on earth, you and me, our marriage relationship, if I feel disrespected in this, there's an injury happening within me now. You know what I'm saying? And you're really good about this. You're really good that if you disagree with me, you are going to pull me off to the side. The few times that Jamie really draws a line with me, it's because, you know, I can sit there and think about in parenting when I was been really upset, right? And I'm getting ready to, you know, scream, yell at the kids, whatever. And you're kind of drawing a line, Chris, you need to calm down. 
But other than that, I can't think of you doing that kind of stuff in public. When you got issue with me, you get me off off to the side and, and you tell me what the issue is, right? And we can have conversation there, but but just the respect piece I think is so huge. And I'm just going to speak about it for guys. I need to feel respected in, in general, but especially in this marriage relationship that we share with each other. Yeah, I, I don't even know why. Like, I'm trying to think of why it's so important. I just know that it is. I kind of go back to, I'm going to say, uh, Ra- Randy from the military. He came from the South and he had this air about him. Just, this is my house and I will be respected in my house. Like, and I don't disagree with it, but we weren't raised in the South and just this, um, not a bad air, but like a, um, certain, certain boundary of, I will be respected in my house. This is my house. Like, I kind of feel that. Yeah. There's a lot of places I can be disrespected, right? At Walmart, in the community, at work, maybe even. But in my home, in my home, I'm not going to be disrespected. So what is the, I guess we've already, I've already kind of covered that. The, the, the antithesis or the opposite of disrespect is to honor. We need to honor our spouses. We speak highly of them in private, meaning when I'm with the guys, I'm not going to bag on Jamie. You know, Jamie's not perfect, folks. Believe it or not, she's not. She's pretty damn close. But she's not. She's not perfect, right? The damn shoes next to the side of the bed. You're (laughs) whipping out your Yellowstone twang right now. I'm going to point that out. If you hear a little bit of accent, it's because we are deeply embedded. (laughs) Oh, I don't even know why I do it, folks. Like, ugh. You know, um, I'm, I'm a silly person. Going on with the respect vein here, you respect me well. And when I'm in different circles, wives will come to me and be like, your husband said this of you. And it's never a, a, a bad thing. It's always this highly regarded thing or your husband told my husband this. And they're always very complimentary things. Sometimes things that I don't even believe about myself that he sees in me and tells me until I believe it. So um, you're very good at that. Hey, I wanted to put these three things together for this marriage relationship because there's a, there's a certain circumstance where all three of these can come together in one. When we're having secret conversation with people and we feel animosity towards our spouse and we disrespect our spouse in that secret conversation. So me messaging if I'm messaging women on my phone privately with Jamie not knowing about it, it's a secret. If I'm upset with Jamie about it and now I'm bagging on Jamie in this private communication with another woman, this is where it's like a super weed, folks. This is where you're bringing all three of these together and the chances of this getting to a dangerous spot and your marriage really being in trouble is, is huge. It's huge. We can't do that stuff. When I'm in conversations with other women, I was in a conversation with a, a media uh, a reporter this week, and I like talking about Jamie. I like talking about my wife. I like talking about what she does, about what she's great at, and I feel like it insulates the relationships that I have outside of our marriage. Because when I'm talking about my spouse and I'm talking about her, and I'm not making this stuff up, she's amazing. And that's the type of stuff that I share with other people. 
it makes it very clear to other people, I think. Where your commitment lies. Yes. I'm off the market, folks. Been off the market for almost 30 years, right? Not an option here. I just want to tell everyone that the uh, call to action today is in the landscape of your marriage, keep those weeds out. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Marriage Mondays. We want to hear from you. How are we doing here on the podcast, folks? We're always looking to make it better. There's a few things that you could do to help us out. First and foremost, please follow us on whatever podcast platform you're consuming this on. That will cause the next episode to pop up. Also on Apple and Spotify, you can still rate and review us. There's five stars waiting on our main page. We'd really appreciate a five-star rating if... If we've earned five stars, folks, if we haven't earned five stars, keep the stars, they're yours. Maybe shoot us an email instead at chris at gravityct.com. Let us know how to make it better future Marriage Monday topics or guests for me to interview. Remember, friends, getting married is easy. Staying married is really tough. So go and love well.